Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. There is a black knight at the blackjack table. At first, this statement might seem a little obscure, but stay with me on it. You'll see it. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you'll know that I'm a big believer in economic fundamentals. I'm a believer that one plus one equals two, and that the math needs to balance at the end of the day. I have a strange belief that in order for an investment to return a profit, the company needs to generate positive net income. For an investment to go up in value, that income needs to increase, and if the income drops, so too does the value of the company. I'm also aware of the golden rule. Some people think the golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But I'm not talking about the biblical version of the golden rule. I'm talking about the economic golden rule. And that version says, he who holds the gold makes the rules. Now, in this case, the power of the purse is vested with the Federal Reserve. And this year, the Fed made a commitment in March to deploy hundreds of billions of dollars to prop up the economy. The Fed promised to buy corporate bonds and exchange-traded funds that invest in portfolios of corporate debt. The Fed can't buy the debt of individual companies, but they can buy funds. The central bank tapped BlackRock to help advise it and buy the bonds and funds on its behalf, even though the central bank retained ultimately authority over what to purchase. So while they may have met the letter of the law to ensure they were in compliance, they were certainly not living up to the spirit of the law. I've said this before. If you went to Las Vegas to play a game of blackjack or poker, and one player at the table had the ability to add cards to the deck at will, probably have some thugs take that player up back and break their knees. That's exactly what the Fed is doing. They're printing money and using that funny money to skew the card game in the favor of whoever they designate should be the beneficiary. The Federal Reserve had budgeted up to $750 billion for these asset purchases. Now, in the end, the thaw in the markets meant the Fed only spent about $13 billion of the $750 billion it had designated for corporate bond buying and ETF buying. The positive signal sent by the Fed was enough to bring capital back into the markets. Investors believed the Fed would have their back and they would buy all this toxic equity and all this toxic debt, providing an effective backstop to investors from losing money. Well, whether this was true or not is immaterial. The fact is, investors believed it to be true and that was enough to have money pouring back into equities. BlackRock received pretty modest compensation for its role in assisting the Fed. They got roughly a $3 million consulting fee for the six months ended September 30th and another $750,000 thereafter. BlackRock will also collect fees on the corporate bond portfolio that it manages for the Fed. So here we are in September of 2020. The economy has shrunk by close to 30%. Renowned economist Mohamed El Arian spoke with Bloomberg News last week, and he says the stock market faces downside risk as the Fed's liquidity engine becomes less and less powerful. He's basically saying the market is being driven by the injection of relatively small amounts of cash rather than being driven by fundamentals. He also sees the possibility of a major drop in valuations if more investors start to question whether sky-high valuations are in fact supported by the fundamentals. So far, the driver for the market has been liquidity, cash coming into the market. And as long as that cash keeps coming in, the market keeps going up. So let's retrace what's been happening. If we go back to Valentine's Day, February 14th of this year, The Dow Jones Industrial Average was at 29,398, and by March 23rd, it had fallen to 18,591, a drop of 37% in a month. And by Q2, the economy had shrunk 32%, the largest decline on record. The slow and erratic recovery from the shutdowns of the spring started in May. Unemployment is still at record levels. The Fed printed a few trillion dollars to try and prop up the economy. 
and the number of cases in the pandemic continued to grow in the U.S. throughout the summer. And the number of cases in the U.S. has held pretty steady, around 2.5 million documented active cases for the past two months. Now, during that time, the stock market recovered, and the Dow hit 29,200 back on September 2nd. That's basically where it was back in February. There's no fundamental reason why the stock market should be valued the same as pre-pandemic levels. Now, stock valuations were insanely high before the pandemic, and now with two quarters of devastating economic damage, those valuations are beyond a science fiction horror movie. For the past three weeks, we've seen an 8% pullback in stock valuations, including a 3% drop just today. But the problem is that none of these valuations are connected with the profit-producing capacity of these companies. The folks at BlackRock have amassed another $57 billion in new investment during the past quarter, now having $7.3 trillion worth of assets under management. And just because people are piling into the stock market without regard for company fundamentals doesn't mean you should do it. So as you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. I'll talk to you again tomorrow.